Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in a time of praise and worship. Praise and worship. We need both. We praise God. Let everybody hear those praises, and we worship God. We sing directly to him. Amen. Amen. We are in this book uh, called Ephesians in the Bible. It's located toward the right side of your Bibles, toward the end. It's a six-chapter book. It's written by a guy named Paul, who is a pastor, church-planting apostle, inspired by God, uh, writing to the church. And we have that letter, praise the Lord. We have it. It's, it's ancient, and it's supernatural. And we've been journeying through this book for a few, few years now. We jumped back into Ephesians chapter 5 in a series that we've titled Imitate. Imitate. Come on, everybody say imitate. 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 We're learning how to imitate. The word imitate by definition means to be like someone or something. That's what it means to be an imitator, to be like someone or something, uh, to follow closely of someone or something. In this case, we're imitating someone. And we see who that is in Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 1. Let's read this verse together. If you're ready, say ready. Ready. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. It's so important that that we don't rush past verse 1. That's why every week, this is week 5 in our Imitate series, uh, that we're reading this first verse to kick us off because if we miss our identity, we'll miss our activity. We, We need to have the right identity first. Here's our identity, church. Lean into this. Our identity is we're beloved children, right? So we never move out of our identity. Here's what that means. God, in his bigness and yet in his goodness, showed up to a spiritual orphanage and called you by name his own. And he said, I'm adopting you into my family. And I love you. You're beloved And you're not just a servant or even just a friend. You are a child. That's how God sees you this morning. And here's what he's telling you. He's saying to you, beloved children of God, be like me. Therefore, be imitators of me, says the Lord. I like how Charles Spurgeon put it, the prince of preachers, as he was writing on Ephesians 5. He said it like this. He said, sitting at the feet of Jesus must be succeeded by following in the footsteps of Jesus. So what he's saying is we, we as children, we, we need to have time that we sit at the feet of Jesus. Absolutely. But that must be succeeded by saying, okay, I'm now following the footsteps of Jesus. Where you go, Jesus, that's where I'm going. What you say, I'm going to take note of that. That's what I'm saying. Uh, who you hang with, that's who I'm going to hang with. What you eat, that's what we're going to eat. Jesus is saying, follow me, right? Be like me. Become like me along this journey. And Jesus says it like this. He's going to live his life through us. I like how Major Ian Thomas says it in a book called The Indwelling Life of Christ. He says it like this. Listen to me. The same life Jesus lived then lives now through us. Think about that. The same life he lived then, the same miracles, the same God, the same Savior that that was then is today through his church. So as we're imitators, right, we're really just surrendering our lives to Jesus and saying, live through me. Do your life through me. That's how we become really good at imitating. Amen? Does that make sense? So here's where we pick it up at Ephesians chapter 5, 
verse 8. We're going to read this full frame of thought. We're not going to preach all through verse 14, but today will be the first part of this next chunk, 8 through 14. Let's read it. You can see it on the screen, or I hope you have a scripture in front of you somewhere. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Verse 9 says some commentary. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and all that is right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 11 is really deep right here. He says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible, it is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Father, right now, as we get ready to preach through these passages, Lord, speak to us. Just join me right now in this moment of prayer to ask God to speak to you. Ask God to give you eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart that's open to receive his word today. Feed us, Lord. Teach us, Father. We're here today to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and look at uh, verse 8 as we jump into this text today. It says, For at one time uh, you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Uh, If I were to title this sermon, or this block of sermons with a title, I would title it this, Imitation by illumination. Imitation by illumination. Right, we're moving out of this last subject, imitation by elimination. The word elimination means to get rid of, let go of something, get it up off you, all right? Now we're moving from that into imitation by illumination. What does the word illumination mean? Well, it means to illuminate. Illuminate, by definition, means to light up. Church, look at me. You're called to light it up. Every room, every space, every place that you're in should get brighter. The other definition, to supply or brighten with light. As we imitate God, the more we illuminate his light. Third definition, the Cambridge Dictionary says, illuminate means to light something and make it brighter. That we should make things brighter, church. But when the church has arrived, things get brighter. Things get lighter. Brighter and lighter is who we are. We are imitators of God. Therefore, we are imitators of light. A defining reality for this sermon would simply be this, a reality statement. We cannot imitate God without revealing light. We, we cannot imitate God. God, which is what we're called to do, right? Verse one says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Well, we can't be imitators of God without revealing light. I even spent some time trying to figure out what word we were gonna use there. It's like, okay, we, without demonstrating light, without showing light, and, and I really felt like the Lord took me to this word revealing light because, because all of us in the room today, we're not just imitators, we're revealers. The word reveal, by definition, means to make something known in a public way. As Christians, 
We are daily making Jesus known publicly. I've heard people lie to me before and say, you know, my Christianity, that's my private thing. Who told you that? Who said that you can make your Christianity a private thing? This is a very public thing. Our Savior Jesus was nailed to a cross in a public way, and he calls us to make his life public. He rose from the grave and said, I'm alive. And everybody who comes to me and puts their faith in me right, will be saved. Go deliver that message. Go reveal my light. That everywhere we, sh- we go, we should be imitating God. In other words, we should be revealing light. We should be making light known in our places. That's what he's talking about here in Ephesians 5 verse 8. For at one time you were darkness, but at now you are light in the Lord. Let's go ahead and highlight this first part. You, you were darkness. Uh, at one time you were darkness. And I love the word were, amen? <laughs> right? And some of you may, may actually still be in darkness, but you need to get into the category of the were. But you'll never be able to get to the were if you don't know what it means to be darkness, right? It's actually who we were. That at one point in time, you could look up the word darkness and say, okay, what does darkness look like? And you would have saw a picture of me. You'd have saw a picture of you. That we were darkness. It's, it's our identity. And let me tell you this. If you never understand who you were, you'll never appreciate who you are. You'll never be able to appreciate the fact that now I'm light. It won't become real to you if you don't understand the darkness that you once were in or are currently in. And today would be a great day to run to the light. And to not just have a changed life, but to have an exchanged life. Lord, I don't want to just be changed. I need a whole new me. I was once darkness. But I don't have to stay that way. What does it mean to be darkness? We need to remember just for a few minutes here of who we were to make sure we know who we are becoming and are today. Darkness is dead. What is darkness? Darkness is dead. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. If you scrolled back a couple years ago, we preached on this verse. It says, and you were sleeping. No. And you were taking a nap. No. And you were, I'm just chilling, bro. No. And you were a good person. No. And you were, I'm like not really religious, but you know what I'm saying. I'm spiritual. No. No, you were dead. That's it. That, that, your testimony is, I was dead. There are some people in the room today that probably were lifting their hands during worship because they realized I once was dead. I mean, not only dead, I was dead in my trespasses and sins were burying me. I was buried in my sins, buried in my trespasses. Like God drew a line and he says, don't cross that line or you'll be a trespasser. You'll die. And we crossed the line. Oh, over and over again, we've crossed the line. And God says, okay, you were dead in your sins and trespasses in which you once walked. You're following the course of this world. You're following the prince of the power of the air, whom to, to we know to be Satan. The spirit, lowercase s, that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. It was a spiritual thing. It was a dead spirit that we used to follow. 
until Jesus came and woke us up and gave us new life and new light. We were darkness. Darkness is dead. Not only darkness is dead, but darkness is blind. Darkness is blind. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says it like this. Satan, who is the lowercase g, God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see, church, unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. They are blind. We were once dark. We were once blind. But guess what happened? Somebody came and revealed to us. Amen? We're revealers. And hear me, church, you live in spaces, you work in spaces all around our city, around people who are blind. You could be the revealer. What if God were to identify you and say, I'm calling you to be a revealer. I'm calling you to be on my team to expose darkness and bring about light. I don't know about you. That's the team I want to be on. I'm an athlete, I'll be honest. I never liked being on the bench. Can I relate? Can anybody relate? Some of y'all, you know, I, I just, I wanted to be in the game, church. Like, I was on the bench. I was usually, like, shaking. Like, the, the coach would call somebody else's name, and I'd be like, oh, dang it. You know, like, I was ready. I wanted to be in the game, right? I don't want to just be a fan. You know what a fan is by definition? A fan is somebody who goes to the game, wears the jersey, pays money, and has no affiliation with the team at all. Has no ownership, is not on the team, anything like that. None of the team even know the people. Just there to cheer them on. We have a lot of Christians like that. We're here, we're fans of Jesus. We're not on the team, we don't do anything, we just sit on the bench and watch everybody else do it. How are these people going to stop being so blinded by Satan if we don't start revealing who our God is. And he reveals it through us with your words. That's why George preached an excellent message last week. We don't need to use any more empty words. Empty words produce an empty life. Empty life leads to an empty eternity. People need to see. And they're going to see through light. Too many people wandering around in the darkness. If you want to stub your toe quick, turn the lights off, right? To live in darkness is to live in danger. We have the light. We, we actually have the light. Darkness is dead. Darkness is blind. Darkness is deaf. When you're in the darkness, you can't hear. You can't hear God speak. You got too many other voices that are dark, clouding your ears. But Jesus tells us in John chapter 10, verse 27, he says, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Jesus is looking at us today and he's saying, okay, can you hear me? Do you hear me speak? Do you hear me talk to you? Can you hear me in your heart? Can you hear me in your mind? Can you hear me speaking to you? And we have to have a relationship with his word to actually discern his voice because the enemy will also come to you and say, did God really say that? Right, so you gotta, be, you gotta make sure you have a sword, not a butter knife, all right? Make sure you got this thing and sharpen it up, okay? Open this book, dust the cobwebs off. Where should I start? I don't know, maybe you should start in Ephesians. That's where we are. Just go ahead and read Ephesians 1 through 6 every week. Pick a different book. Start in the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Just pick one. 
Say, I'm going to start in Matthew. I'm going to read chapter one today. Tomorrow, I'm going to read chapter two. Next day, I'm going to read chapter three. God wants to speak to you. He loves you. You're his child. He loves you. He doesn't want you to be deaf. Deaf is dark. Spiritually blind, spiritually deaf, spiritually dead. Not only are those things uh, synonyms for the word dead here, uh, but we were separated. We were separated from God. Sometimes I hear people arguing about what's hell going to look like. It's just going to be dark, man. I don't know exactly all the definitions. I don't get hung up on the big red pitchfork person. Right? That's, not really, that's not really that scary to me. What's scary to me is being separated from God for eternity in darkness. It's going to be dark. That's who we were. You won't be able to appreciate who you are if you don't understand where you came from. God's brought us through a lot, amen? Right, look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. It says, remember. What we're doing right now is we're being obedient to the remember principle. There's something powerful about remembering what God's done. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. There was once a time where we were separated, y'all. Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. There's once a time where we just didn't have any hope at all. We looked to the left, no hope. Looked to the right, no hope. Until we looked up, we saw hope. And God says, hey, you need me and you can have me. Sent my son to do the work for you. He did the heavy lifting, amen? We don't need to die on the cross. He did that for us. We don't need to rise from the grave. He's done that for us. He'll do that for us. We need to go enjoy a relationship with him. And when we do so, we'll start imitating him and we'll start revealing his light. And there's people all around us in our city, actually 90% of Las Vegas, which I've done the math, is 2.1 million. It's a lot of people that need light. Walking around with their head down working at jobs and they hate it, not knowing God, separated. Who will be the revealer? Or maybe you've heard the song by Matthew West where he says, what will you do, God? And he responds, I created you. We're revealers, church. But too often we're on the bench clapping at everybody else. Go team, go. When Jesus is looking at us saying, where where are you? We're revealers. We're revealers. He says that you were once darkness. Colossians 1.21 says, and you were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. This word hostile messed me up. I was once hostile toward God. Me and God had hostility. Did you know that? Like, if you don't know Jesus today, you and God aren't cool. There's hostility in the room. It's real. It doesn't have to stay that way. Like, he pushed through the hostility and died for you. That's grace. But you do have hostility right now with God. But make that right. Talk to him and say, all right, God, I don't want any more hostility. I'm done with it. And God will say, thank you. I love you. Let's go reach the city. God would love to have that conversation with you. I forgive you. I love you. I already died for that. Let's get beyond that now. And let's go change somebody. Starting with you. We were once hostile. We were doing evil deeds. We were, we were in darkness, living in darkness, playing with darkness. But then God revealed his light to us somehow, some way, amen? 
and it changed us. And all of a sudden, we looked at our darkness and said, what was I doing? Buried. Reminds me of an illustration I once heard about a a young boy who was in the dark. He was playing in his room in the dark. And then his hand touched something, and it was it was kind of furry and it kind of felt good to him and he was playing with it and he was touching it and he was messing with it and all of a sudden his parents came and flipped on the light and his hand was on a big tarantula. And literally he's, ah! <laughs> Scared him. That's us. And when Jesus flips that light switch on, I was, I was doing what? Where? How? What was I thinking? I wasn't, I was dead. I was separated. I've even used those words. Man, I I think I was blind. But then I could see, and I see Jesus, and behold the glory of God. And behold what it's going to look like to spend eternity, not separated, but with him. How about this? In eternity, in heaven, you can read about this in the book of Revelation. Do you know that there's no sun, there's no moon, there's no stars? Do you know why? Because God's there. That God is all the light we need. He just walks around and lights it up. So as we imitate him, what should we be doing? We should be lighting it up. We should be bringing brightness into all of our spaces. But if you're kind of like me, I know that there's some times where I just kind of, I might go into an atmosphere and I just might turn the light down. We just turn it down right now. And I wonder how many people needed some revelation, needed for his church to be the revealer, and we've just decided to turn the light down. You've been commissioned because you decided to come to church today. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, you, you came to church today, you've now been commissioned to be the light of the world. It's your calling, do you know that? It's your calling. Let's go ahead and continue reading these, these verses. Uh, we'll move on from, from 8 into 9. Ephesians 5, it says, For at one time you were darkness... But, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. But now you are light in the Lord. I love how this says you are light. So you were darkness, but, everybody say but. I love that word. But you are light. It's a, it's a transitional phrase. It's like, hold on, it's not over though. Like there's still more in the story. But now, now, You are light. We see all over the Bible this reality of being children of light, of of walking in light. One of my favorite verses on on walking as children of light comes from John chapter 8, verse 12. Let's look at this verse together. Again, Jesus spoke to them, and here's what he said. That's cue for lean in. Jesus is speaking. I'll tell you what, you know who can preach this sermon way better than me? Jesus could. Right? You don't need another message from a person. You need to hear him speak. Right? He says to them, us, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. It's who he is, right? He doesn't say he's the light of the church, although that's true. But here he says, I'm the light of the world. Now watch this. This really messed me up. Maybe it'll do the same for you. But Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, 
So I want you to get a capture of this. Now he says this. Say it with me. You are the light of the world. How'd that happen? Because Jesus says, my followers are going to light it up. People that are on my team, that proclaim my name, that have a new identity as children of God, will no longer walk in darkness, but now will walk in the light. He says, you are the light of the world. Everybody say you. To the person next to you and say, this message is for you. Tell them. And, and, and say right back to that person, talk to you. I think it's for you. I think it's for us. Church, is this for us? Is this for us? Th- this message is for us because Jesus says you are the light. He doesn't say you might be. Listen to me. He doesn't say you could be. He does, one day you will be, if you do enough, work hard enough. He says, you are. The word are means are. You are. The light of the world. And so I just really want to, I want to anchor in here. I want to, I want to lean into this verse and say, okay, church, this is who we are. This is our identity. We are the light of the world. He goes on, he says, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. That doesn't make sense. He goes on, but, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I'm going to clap with you, Jap. Yeah. But, but, but while I'm clapping, while I'm clapping, my clapping is, is slowing down. Because I'm thinking, is there anybody that gives glory to God for my life? That's what you got to ask. Right? He just said, let your light shine so that people, what people? The people in your life. The people you live with, the people you work with, the people you hang with, the people at the gym that you go to, the people at the coffee shop that you frequent often, the people at this church, the people on the road, the people in Las Vegas, would see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Is anybody giving glory to God because of you? That's the question you got to ask. I know it's a challenge, but I think we want a challenge. I think we need a challenge, right? We need that. The world will pat you on the back all day. Just keep going. Just, just, just run off the cliff. It'll be fine. Just run right off. Be good. Now, I think we need to be challenged and say, okay, no, I don't need that. I actually need to be the light of the world, and I need, I need to shine in such a way that people are going to see me. And they're going to be like, God must be doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, you, you might unlock some, like, some good o- OMGs. Y'all know what an OMG is? It's an acronym for, oh, my God. It needs to be used the right way where people look at you and go, oh, my God. My God, you, you, you are moving in their life. I need some of that fruit. I, can I have some of your light fruit? I want some of that fruit. I'm hungry for something that's real. Right, George? Nothing that, I don't need anything more empty. I need something real, some real, some real light. John chapter 12, verse 35 through 36, Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness 
does not know where he is going. And maybe there's some people in the room today that you just don't know where you're going. I don't know where I'm going. I just feel like I'm doing this. I'm at the same place I was in last year. It's because you've been in darkness. Because when you start walking in light, you'll start to see. You'll start to see where you're going. And God will start to take you into new spaces you never even dreamed you could be in before. And God will start to use you in ways you never thought you could be used before. Amen? I'm just saying. It's dangerous to start walking in the light. Because God will start using you. He will. He will. And sometimes people say, hey, Pastor, I don't want God to use me. Until they start feeling like they're being used. God, I feel like the church is using me. What you just what you prayed for? You're being used. I feel like God's using me. I thought that's what you wanted. Start being the light. Lean into the light, not darkness. And go from one shade of light to a new degree of light. And people will start being attracted to the light. Je- Jesus never had a problem attracting people, right? In fact, he was trying to like dismiss crowds. It's like, man, this is too much. You know why? Because he was light. He wasn't weird. He was light. P- people were attracted to, my point is this, like some of y'all are going to get this message and be like, okay, I got to go storm into my office, this, slam a Bible down on the desk of my boss and say, you need the light. Like, that could be weird, all right? That, that might be weird. That, I mean, be discerning. Be discerning, okay? And allow Jesus, right? Allow Jesus to produce his life through, through you, right? It was never a problem for Jesus to attract people. He was the light of the world. And as we imitate him, we become more like him. We shine brighter like our Savior. Let's keep working. We're almost done with this text here. Ephesians 5, 8, and 9 says, For at one time you were darkness, but... But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. We are, we are children of God. We're children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. What Paul is saying here, he's, he's trying to give us some practical application. Because what we don't want is for you to leave here and say, man, that was a really good message. And someone says, oh, yeah, what was it about? It was about the light. Well, what does that mean? Oh, I'll just be the light, you know? <laughs> like, let, let, let's, let's get some, like, real handlebars to, to be the light. What does that mean, pastor? What does that mean for me and my daily rhythms of life? Here's what it means. It means you start producing fruit, right? He, he gives us a, a human example to, to know what that means. Here's how fruit gets produced. You have a tree, there's a seed planted. Seed is the word of God, right? There's a, there's a tree that's planted and this tree begins to produce branches and the vine is the power of the tree and the vine, as long as the branch stays connected to the vine, one day there'll be fruit that pops off the branch. And, and, and depending on the type of tree it is, it could be an apple tree, it could be an orange tree. This is a light tree that God is planting a light tree. As long as we can stay attached to the vine, God, he'll begin producing fruit. And here's what this fruit is. This fruit is good, right, and true. Here's what this means. After this sermon, you gotta start doing good. Identify things in your life that aren't good and stop doing them. 
Like go through a, a radar. And, and here's, here's a test. Ask your spouse, is this good? Some of you are like, I did not want you to say that, right? <laughs> ask somebody that's closest to you. Ask a, ask a brother or sister that's tight with you, that's not impressed with you, that's not impressed with, like is, is, has the space to be free. Ask them that, and then they need to ask you the same. And say, hey, is this good? And let them just speak over you. If you really want to shine in the light. A, a, a young man once came up to Jesus and said, Jesus, good teacher. And Jesus stopped him and said, why do you call me good? Only God's good. Now, what did Jesus mean by that? He said, I'm God. I, you should have called me good God. I'm not just a good teacher. I'm a good God. God is good. As you imitate God, you'll start being good. Right? It's who God is. He's, he's a good God. He's not a bad God. He's not an evil God. He's a good God. So on this journey of being like him, we start to, to, to look more good. We start to be more good. People are like, what happened to you, man? You're doing good all of a sudden. Man, give glory to God. He must be producing fruit. And sometimes people will come up to you and say, man, I want some of that. Can you, can you reveal him to me? Not only is God good, but he's right. Come to the conclusion today that God is right and we're not. That God is a righteous God. He's, he's good. He is right. He is righteous. Psalm 145 says the Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works, right? He's, he's righteous and is kind. He's right. So here's what you need to do as you're imitating God. You need to start to do the right things. Identify areas in your life where you're not doing the right thing. And, and only you know what those things are, okay? If you're watching this online, you know the things that you're doing that aren't right. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to imitation by elimination. Eliminate the wrong. Ask God to help you to do what's right. Here's what Jesus' brother James in James chapter 4, verse 17 says. How about, how about you help me read it? Ready? One, two, three. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. If you know, if you, if you know what to do is right and you fail to do that, that's sin. It's something that you know, right? If it's watching something you shouldn't watch, and you know you shouldn't watch it? You know, that, that's between you and God, right? It's, it's, he's saying, if you know it's right, because the fruit of light is to do what's right. Right? If it's, if it's lying, maybe you're a habitual liar. Maybe you don't struggle with lying. You just actually just lie. There's people that do that. His name's the devil. It's his native tongue, lie. When we lie, we're more like him than him. Right? We're not called to imitate Satan. We're called to imitate God. So that means we got to start doing what's right. If you know that you need to apologize to somebody, and you know that's the right thing to do, but you're just waiting that they would do it first, for you that's sin. Because you know that you know what's right. They might not know what's right. If you know that you need to do something that's right, what that will do is produce light. Does that make sense? How about this? Uh, the, the fruit of light is found in all that is, is good and right and true and true. Jesus is the truth, amen? 
He once said that in John 14, six, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. In another text, he said, I'm the light. <laughs> so we gotta imitate truth. We gotta start practicing the truth. Because here's what I know. If you start fighting for goodness, and you start fighting for righteousness, and you start fighting for truth, you'll start glowing. Your household will start looking at you like, man, you're glowing right now. People around you will be like, man, you are glowing right now, right? I'm not talking about a pregnant glow. I'm talking about I'm the light of the world glow. And that's how we're gonna see these rows filled up because people are gonna say, man, I need to, can I go to church? Is there, is there light for me too? Oh, yes. Friend, there is plenty of light for you. And so whatever you need to repent of today, it's not a burden. Just get out of darkness. Step out of darkness. Step into his light. If you know what's right, do what's right. I was listening to a friend of mine. He's a pastor in Texas named Matt Carter. He said it like this. It'll be the final quote of the sermon. He says, the mark of a true believer is not sinlessness. This week, you're not gonna be perfect. The mark of a true believer is that you fight against sin. If there's no fight, there's no light. That if we can just start fighting against sin, fighting against darkness, pushing back darkness, I'm coming into the light. That God will use you in magnificent ways and people will come to know the light of the world through you. What if God wants to do that? And what if he wants to use you to do What if you step into an environment and everything changes? I, I remember being uh, on, a, on a basketball team and I was just sitting there on the bench. Am I hit me on the bench again, right? And uh, just sitting there watching, the, watching our team. And then our coach at that moment, he just, he just said, come on, guys. He slipped out a cuss word. And he looked over at me and he just said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Hayden. And I just said, why are you sorry to me? Like, I didn't, I didn't even do anything. <laughs> he must have felt the light, right? That you can just start walking in spaces and people will start changing because you're there. People just start feeling the light. People start getting exposed. Some people might stop inviting you to things. You're like, yo, how, yo, how come you don't invite me anymore? Man, you're too bright. <laughs> Every time you come, we're all like, dang, bro, you just light it up. Make me want, you, you make me want to like change or something. Like, make me want to like do right or do good or tell the truth. I don't want to tell the truth. I, every time you come around, I start telling the truth. I don't want to do that. You're the light. You're the light. That's Jesus in the room through you. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word today. It's a word that I needed.